G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. When we are born again, we are actually connected to the supernatural. And anything is possible. And in today's program, we're going to see that one man actually went up to the third heavens and lived to tell the tale. Our series is entitled Heartfelt and inspired, understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We are beginning chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, and this chapter is about a heavenly and earthly visit. Heavenly because somebody actually visited the third heaven. Earthly because somebody was paying a call to Corinth. This may seem a bit otherworldly in our very practical age, but the fact is, even before you're born again, there is a connection to the supernatural for the simple reason, first of all, we're in a spiritual world, and secondly, we have a human spirit that does have some ability to connect with the invisible world. Now, we don't consciously do that very much, unless, of course, we are actually communing with the living God, but it happens. And the th- thing is this, if you have a vision be it of heaven or of hell, it will change the course of your life. That's what we're going to see in this particular segment, chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, verses 1 to 7. I just want to read a few verses out of this block of Scripture, and this is Paul speaking in the third person. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Basically, as Paul was seeking in this epistle to vindicate and validate his apostleship, he is the real deal. He is God-ordained, God-empowered, and getting God-sized results, which, of course, are still paying dividends till now. And yet, he felt the need to mention something that under normal circumstances he would not. And that is, he speaks in the third person of a man that he knew in Christ 14 years earlier that was caught up to the third heaven. He's really speaking about himself. And when he uses the word car- caught up, It's harpazo. Harpazo, H-A-R-P-A-Z-O, harpazo, is the word that we get rapture from. The rapture, which is a glorious doctrine of of the church, of Jesus coming in the clouds to meet his saints, both dead and living, there in the clouds. It's described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And then he talks about the third heaven. 
And we'll learn more about this in the extended program. But the first heaven is the immediate atmosphere around the earth. The second heaven is the outer space, the moon, the stars, the sun. And the third heaven is, of course, where God dwells. Its exact location we can't say, but it's definitely there. And then he can't even say whether the experience was in or out of the body. Only God knows. But this catching away or this rapture into the third heavens, he heard things that's not lawful for a man to speak. Well, what did he actually hear? We don't know. But remember, there are some things that were considered too sacred even to mention. We're not talking about necessarily obscene things. We could be talking about sacred things that's not lawful to utter, like the divine name of God, the Y. Hey, Vav, hey, this is where we get Jehovah. It's in the Hebrew, of course, Tetragrammaton. Pious Jews will not even pronounce it, even though we could say Yahweh. Really, they just say Adonai, which has no connection with what is written. It's just that sacred. And then Paul goes into modesty mode. He's not going to boast about himself. He's only going to boast about this man who's really him, third person. And then he talks about the thorn in the flesh. People that are highly visionary, see, technicolor, three-dimensional visions, and they do exist, usually will also have vexing trials and tribulations so that they don't get a big head. I believe in vision, but I like to have it in installments. Well, now let's read the whole passage. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 7. It's about a heavenly visit. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 7. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one is caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such and one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Second Corinthians chapter 12 Verses 1 to 7. What is the Lord saying in these very important verses? So again, our lesson is called a heavenly visit. And beginning with verse 1, Paul is saying, It is not profitable for me to glory, or basically it's not profitable for me to boast, and I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. So it's expedient or not so expedient for Paul to boast. In other words, Paul really was not boasting under normal circumstances because of the opposition to his ministry. He had no choice to say, look, I've paid the price. I've not only held the responsibility, but I've also had the privileges, like going to the third heaven. We could read this verse as since it was expedient to boast, I will tell you about visions, meaning tangible symbols of spiritual reality. I will come with revelations. Now, the Greek word for this is an important one, apocalypsis. Apocalypsis, of course, is the English word apocalypse. Apocalypsis also is the Greek name, the original name for the book we know and love, 
called the book of Revelation. It is the apocalypse. And this means something hidden and unknown, but now being put into the light. There's another way to use this verse. Doubtless, it was not profitable for me to boast, so I will move on to visions and revelations of the Lord. So, Paul has already given a catalog of his sufferings for the gospel. Please note in chapter 11, in his vindication chapter of his apostolic ministry, he doesn't talk about how many churches he planted, how many souls he has won, or the great dramatic changes that have happened in those areas where the gospel took root. He doesn't mention any of that. He mentions the personal price he paid to serve Christ. Very noble, in my opinion. Verse 2, of 2 Corinthians 12, a man in Christ. And Paul says he knew this man in Christ 14 years earlier, but he cannot tell whether it was in or out of the body. Only God knows. Such a one was caught to the third heaven. So what does this verse actually say? Paul is speaking autobiographically, like he did at chapter 11, when he talked about leaving Damascus in a basket, though he does this in the third person. This event happened 14 years earlier. He could not tell whether it was in or out of the body. He couldn't tell whether it was just like a vision he had or whether he physically went up to heaven. Only God knows. After all, it's possible because, as I said earlier, when it says he was caught up to the third heaven, that is the Greek word harpazo, meaning rapture. Philip, in Acts chapter Eight, verse 39, he experienced a catching away where he was taken from the Ethiopian eunuch and brought to another place like Ashdod, from the Gaza road to Ashdod and then onward. So he talks about the third heaven. Let's delineate what we understand from scripture is heaven. And there appears to be three different descriptions of this place, heaven. The first is called Rakia. R-E-K-I-A, rakia. It speaks of the firmament or the expanse of air above the earth, like in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6. In other words, it's the atmosphere above the earth. There's other references, if you like, Hosea 2.18, Hosea 2.18, or Daniel 7.13, Daniel 7.13. This is the first heaven. This is one we can relate to because it's the one closest to us. There is a second heaven. In the Hebrew, it's called Shamayim. Shamayim, which can mean the sky or heaven, and it includes the stars, the planets, and basically what we call outer space, beyond the normal oxygen layer of the earth. And it is described or mentioned in Genesis 1, 14 to 18. And then finally, we have the third heaven, and it's called Hashamayim Shemay. Hashamayim Shemay. The heavens of heavens. This is where God and the departed righteous and the angels live. It's mentioned in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, 5, 8, and Philippians 1, 23. We do not know the exact location, but the angels know where it is, and they have this ability to safely escort the departed righteous to this place, like in Luke 16, 22. The angels came and escorted Lazarus not Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, but Lazarus in the story of the rich man. After Lazarus the beggar died, the angels carried him to paradise, to what they call Abraham's bosom. Paul says again this phrase in verse 3, 
about in or out of the body. And by the way, before I leave verse 2, I should just mention that the Bible doesn't say lots of detail about heaven. The Bible does talk a little bit about hell. I can't tell you I've never counted up the verses verses directly describing heaven or directly describing hell. I would make a guess, and I could be wrong, that the verses describing hell are a little more numerous, not massively so, and that heaven is really described a little bit throughout Scripture, but most of all, in the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22. And even there, it's Revelation 21 and the first five verses of Revelation 22. So, the reason God doesn't tell us more, apart from the fact that heaven is so glorious, so expansive, so, yeah, and well, not just enormous, but I think very detailed, you couldn't describe it in Scripture because the book that would be written would be bigger than this planet. I believe God understands that. I believe God also wants it to be a surprise. When you see how wonderful it is, it will have been worth all the effort you made not to get saved— We're saved by grace through faith, but all the effort you invested to live for God. Heaven itself is its greatest reward. Now, in verse 3, it tells us, And I know such a man, whether in the body or out the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words that it's really not allowed for a man to utter. So Paul reiterates this thing about himself. He's not sure whether he had a trance like Peter did in Acts 10, verse 9, or whether he literally went to the third heaven in body. And that is also possible. He wouldn't be the first one to go up in the body. Enoch did it, and Elijah did it. So, anything is possible with the God of the Bible. Please understand that. When you see him from Genesis to Revelation, nothing is too hard for the Lord. So, Paul could not decide what thing was happening, but he's able to go up to paradise which is another description of heaven, verse 4. And when he's raptured into heaven, he heard these unspeakable words, which could refer to the sacred divine name or something similar. But Paul is a modest man. Verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 5, it tells us, Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my weaknesses or infirmities. So, Paul is really, at the end of the day, a modest man. He's prepared to boast about his spiritual experience as long as it's not really credited to him. It's in the third person. But out of modesty, he refers to himself this way. In the first person, saying he'd rather boast in his weaknesses. Because as we've learned, when we are weak and we partner with God, we become strong. It's sort of like, think of a balloon. When it's just in the bag, it's not blown up, it's limp, it's weak. But when you blow air into it and then tie the end, it is fulfilling its potential. It looks grand. And in many ways, we're like that too. We are empty, we're weak, we're nothing. But when we partner with God and are filled with the Holy Spirit, like the balloon, we not only fulfill, but like helium, we get to go into heavenly places. We fly. So, Paul is being modest here. When he is weak then he is strong. Verse 6, it tells us, For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Here is modesty in action yet again. Basically, he's saying, since Paul is telling the truth about his experience, it cannot be considered extravagant boasting. At the same time, the apostle shows discernment when to speak, 
and when to be quiet. He tells of the heavenly visit to silence his enemies, but he speaks in the third person so his friends will not think too highly of him. In other words, put him on a pedestal and worship him, as almost happened in the book of Acts. Paul seems to strike a perfect balance. And then finally, verse 7, he speaks about this puzzling situation called the thorn in the flesh. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. It's a little bit puzzling. We do not know what this thorn was. Was it a physical infirmity, spiritual opposition, or even mental anguish. The text simply does not say. Though some have speculated it could be eye trouble. What we do know is that it came from Satan because it's called a messenger of Satan. It was allowed by God, but like in the book of Job, chapter 2, verse 1, it may have been allowed by God, but it's also limited by God. God doesn't allow any of us to be tempted beyond what we can endure. Paul would not be puffed up beyond measure. See, highly visionary people with Technicolor 3D visions. Some people even claim they walk and talk with Jesus or he sits at the end of their bed. I know it sounds strange, but I don't rule anything out either. With God, anything is possible. All I know that such people tend to have vexatious and strange things happen in their life, almost like this thorn in the flesh that occurred to Paul, so they would not be exalted above measure because of the abundance of revelation. So our lesson here is called a heavenly visit. And our lesson for life is visions from heaven are lovely, but be careful that you do not crash land back to earth. Please visit us at our homepage where you can subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter, helping you to become future ready through articles on the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's word. You can also visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations education, and thank you for liking our page. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name for all that you have done and shown us. Lord, help us to have the maturity and the openness of heart to take in what the Apostle and the Holy Spirit is saying in 2 Corinthians. Apply to our lives that we're no longer sinking in the sand, but we're flourishing on the rock. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.